0: Welcome to Spinning Out, I'm your host Josh Robbins. This is a podcast where we talk to artists about their favorite albums. Today we're talking with Mara Weaver of the band Direct Hit, Homeless Gospel Choir, Oji Kubo Station, The Mimes, and previously, of Mixtapes. We talked about Liz Phair's 1993 debut Exile and Guyville, as well as misogyny and music that persists to this day, and driving around listening to CDs in the suburbs. So, please check out our Patreon. That's patreon.com spinningoutpod. Check out our new weekly Patreon exclusive with my co-host, Sarah Blumenthal. We're doing short exclusive episodes every week where we dive into albums we loved when we were younger. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Please tell a friend. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at spinningoutpod. Okay. Let's chat with my friend, Mara Weaver. Hey, Mara, how's it going?
1: Hey, Josh. I'm doing great. Um, I'm a little jet lagged because I got home at 4 a.m. this morning from San Diego so you know feeling a little funny but doing great
0: uh were you out there recording some stuff or
1: um no I was actually visiting my family my my mom lives in Texas and my sister lives in Oakland but we all like San Diego so we just kind of kind of met for a vacation
0: you Mm. know yeah yeah um, so we are talking about Liz Fair's one thousand, nine hundred and ninety-three album *Exile in Guyville*, and I guess the question I'll ask first is: When was the first time you heard this record, or was it uh, was this the first record you heard by Liz Fair?
1: Um Yeah. So I first heard it not when I was a kid, but I first heard the song "Fucking Run." on the album um like in i'm gonna say like 2012 or 2013 and that song like really stuck out to me specifically um before i delved into the record but yes this was the first album i i heard of Liz Fair's, and i bought the cd actually when i lived in minneapolis i got it at like a uh at like a discount CD store because I really wanted to get into the rest of the album. Um, and it, it was super easy after that. Honestly,
0: this time was the first time I ever like sat down and listened to this record. Mm-hmm. Um, I was familiar with it, but I don't know. I mean, I heard it like come on like playlist, but just never really sat down and listened to it. So mm-hmm. um, I liked it a lot. And I'm, I think what I'm, Trying to think of is like contextualize Liz Fair in like 1993. And I don't know if you like mm-hmm. have an answer for that, but like I, you know, a few of the things about like the record that, you know, kind of explain some things. Like this came out on Matador mm-hmm. and this was produced by Brad Wood. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brad Wood worked with like Binley, Placebo, Seam, Touche Amore, Sunny Day Real Estate for Diary, that dog. Mm-hmm. And, uh, this is called the greatest, one of the greatest, uh, albums by Rolling Stone. And mm-hmm. so outside of that, it's like, I don't, I don't know how to contextualize like anything about Liz fair. So I don't know if you have like any kind of backstory there. That yeah. You've
1: um, I think, cause when I first really delved into the record, probably like five years ago, um, and got to know it as an album more so I kind of read about the making of the album and I think it's really interesting actually because she she went to Oberlin College as like an art major and um, she you know so she kind of came around in the Chicago indie rock scene Um, I don't know if you knew that but like she basically I think that She had been like writing songs kind of like on her own um, and wasn't really like playing that many shows. Um, Like I think she had, after college, she went to San Francisco, I think, and was there for like a year. And I've read two different places that she tried to like make it as like a visual artist there. But then like I read in another place that she was trying to make it as a musician there. So I don't know exactly like what the truth is in that regard, but when she came back to Chicago, there's, she's talked a lot in interviews about like, how the Chicago indie rock scene at the time was like super male dominated and, and you know, so she's a punk, which is really cool. Um, And I think that she kind of, when she, so she first released um, these tapes before Guyville, called the girly sound tapes and she recorded those on like a four track um just like in her room and I think the story is like before um she was signed to matador and started working on guyville she was just sending those tapes around to just like a couple friends and um and sent them to matador and basically called them and was like hey do you want to sign me yeah (laughs) and and they said yes, which I think is really cool, just based on the strength of those like four track demos, which are pretty lo-fi, like on um, yeah. they're they're super lo-fi. Yeah,
0: um, even, even I mean, this record as a whole is like pretty lo-fi, so it's it's interesting to kind of like think that it like made such an impact. And that's not to say like I dislike it or anything, but it's like even in the early '90s and Matador, like you you feel like things had like a better production value than this record does. Um, I I think a lot of times that's like the strength of it though, but it's not, it's not like unfamiliar territory when you even compare it to like early Lou Barlow, Sebado stuff. Like it's kind of feels like it's pulling from that same kind of tape recording thing. Like you mentioned with girly sound, Uh, some other kind of history that ties into what you're saying is that, Uh, John Henderson was one of the guys that he had he had a label and I think he he wanted to put out the girly sound stuff as it existed on the four tracks and Liz Fair wanted it to be more fleshed out and so she worked with Brad Wood but it's funny thinking about like Brad Wood at that time as 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 opposed to like who Brad Wood is now. Yeah, um, yeah, totally. Yeah, and it's like Brad Wood was a janitor and a guy who worked in a yeah. studio. So, so, so it's like not really like when I think of Brad, I just think of Brad Wood as like an LA producer. Yeah, and a lot of that is even just from doing this podcast. Like his name comes up a lot on you know on all many episodes that I've done. There's probably been like five or six uh, you know That's awesome. albums that are done by Brad Wood. Yeah. Um, so he's like an interesting figure. He almost like makes me think of like a Jay Robbins type, you know? Like uh, yeah, totally. But yeah, but more for indie rock than like punk or post hardcore, you know? So little history there to kind of like tie into what you were saying. So, um, so I think that's interesting too. That just like cold call Matador. <laughs> it, yeah, it's work? awesome. Yeah. that doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, it's weird to think about like labels back then because I think the 90s was such like an alternative boom where, you know, obviously like, I mean, this was, it's crazy to think to me that this was like before grunge exploded and before like punk became mainstream because like obviously all that stuff was happening behind the scenes for a long time before major labels had any interest, obviously. But I guess it's just like, I feel like Liz Fair unintentionally was like a proto like bedroom, like indie rock, like icon, you know? And, and it was kind of like, at least after like reading about the making of it and how she did it, like not intentional, you know? Um, and, uh, but clearly like, yeah, I was reading about the whole like Matador thing. And apparently like they said, they were like, yeah, we don't usually just like sign someone based on never seeing them live, not them, them not having that much of a like musical reputation. Cause like she had been around in the scene in Chicago but I don't think she had been playing like that many shows or anything, you know? And then she kind of been keeping to herself and just like making demos. Um, So like at the time Matador was like, yeah, I mean, this was pretty rare for us. but like we just were really struck by her her originality and like her delivery and all the like the lyrics and stuff. But I just think it's funny to think of a time because like now I don't even think it's possible to just like call a record label like Matador. I mean, I could be totally wrong. I just like, you know, I'm just I'm just used to like emailing, you know, I know I feel like the even the demo email thing isn't even as much of a thing anymore, you know? Yeah. Like
0: Yeah. I mean, I I feel like it probably happens. And it's like, I would almost tell, it's like you have to know that it's probably not going to happen, but that shouldn't stop you from trying. It's kind of like the energy you have to have because, Mm -hmm. like, it's like it's worked for me a few times in my life, you know? That's awesome. Um, But not like, you know, I I didn't get on Matador. So, yeah. uh, (laughs) You (laughs) know, but even I guess Matador in 93 isn't like Matador as we.
1: Yeah, think as we know it now.
0: At, yeah, at the time, but so it's kind of like hard to think about like how big things were in the moment. And and I know mm-hmm. that she didn't really even have a band cuz Brad Wood played drums on yeah. some of it and it seems like just whoever was there kind of helped flesh out the songs on you know that's on this record Mm -hmm. it's more of a collage
1: type situation
0: yeah that's I think even like one way they explain like making it uh was that it almost felt like she would record and then they would just kind of record things to fit that
1: I thought that was so interesting because I didn't actually know that and when I was just I just you know for anyone listening I've always love this record so much. I feel like I know it so well, but I had never, and I had researched a little bit about it, but like, it was pretty fun for this podcast, like the past week or so, just reading about really delving into how they made it. Um, just cause I thought that was super interesting. Cause to me, it doesn't, you would think that recording guitar and vocals first and then adding drums would be like super awkward <laughs> like you'd think that that wouldn't work like i've i've honestly like never really done that in my life like adding drums after the and bass after the fact and kind of just like but i think that makes it that might honestly be some of the reason why it has such a like interesting quality to it um, yeah
0: yeah I, I can, think can feel people, the collage
1: vibe you know
0: yeah i think if people kind of do that now which they really don't do it at all but even Mm -hmm. if they do it now it's often to like a click so this album has Mm -hmm. like such elasticity Mm -hmm. that you don't hear a lot of like i i would almost call matador like a major label like in my head it's like they're a major um Mm -hmm. and i because they're like the biggest indie you know and so while that might have been different in 93 i still feel like there's other kind of matador bands around this time frame that kind of lead me to believe that that's this the way that this uh record is recorded is not how they would have approached anything else that they worked with. Um but therein lies like the interesting quality of the album. Also it just it kind of baffles me in a good way. <laughs> like yeah. It, same. Yeah. yeah. So when you remember first hearing it, um, so I guess like I mean, as an adult, in you know some capacity. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, same as any of us, but um, <laughs> I'm what sort you... of an adult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, what? How did it? Like, how did it hit you? Like, did it feel like fresh and like something you hadn't heard?
1: It definitely did. Like, I mean, because like fucking run the first song I heard. I think that was a really good first song of hers to to really get into. I think I just got into it because my friend, I remember I was in this band at the time called Boys and it was like pretty like DIY pop punk stuff, um, with like my best friends at the time. And we were playing a show in Columbus and one of our friends covered it. And I like was so mind blown, even with my friend covering it, like I, without Liz Fair's voice, and style of guitar playing I was like holy shit this song is so good you know um like I just feel like but yeah it really struck me as really different um because I think that like the way that she writes her lyrics and delivers them it's like so it's just like it's such a poppy at least with that song I'm just talking about that song for now but I think a lot of the rest of the record It's pretty poppy, but in an unconventional way. Mm -hmm. And the way that she, she's just really frank in the way she writes lyrics. Like, I just remember being really shocked by her saying like, you know, like, you know, like fucking run, like it's the same it's been as like when I was 17 or when I was 12, you know, those aren't the exact lyrics, but like, you know, I, I was just like, it's just not what I was expecting. And I think like, based on the time that she was making music, and like the production, um, what I was like, I I just feel like there weren't a lot of, at least to me, I can't speak for anybody and I'm probably ignorant in this department, but I'm like, maybe there were a lot of other like female artists who didn't get as big as Liz Fair who who were making music like this at the time. But I feel like she had a pretty unique sound and like was, it's poppy, but it's not, like I was saying, it's not like, it's it's not in your face poppy like it's only poppy to me really as somebody who's like I feel like listening really closely and is like because you know there's a lot of elements that kind of keep it from being straight up pop like the production aspect and she has a really like honestly weird style playing guitar that I think is really cool like she has a lot of like it's just not what you would necessarily expect you know um and so I think that that really like took me by surprise um and I think one thing that kind of like I remember I tried to listen to the album after I got into that song a couple times and I think just based on the time period and like what I was listening to at the time it's funny because to me at that time it didn't seem poppy enough like her other songs on the album which is just funny to say now um but like once I bought the CD and it was in my car, I feel like I I just have like a short attention span and I listen to a lot of albums. I do listen to a lot of albums, but like it's a long album, you know, it's yeah, like an it's hour long. long. Yeah. And uh and I feel like to me it reads better as like a full experience. Like if you just kind of try to like delve in here and there, it's kind of like like I feel like it kind of started to get stuck in my brain when it was like in my car and And it started to like take on a new meaning when you're like having lonely drives and shit, you know what I mean? Like, and it's very like spare, but like also she rocks pretty hard at certain points, you know, but it's, it's really like spare and direct, which I really, I just really liked a lot.
0: Yeah. I think it makes, it's kind of interesting to think that there were so many, and this doesn't sound like any of them, but like, even if you think about it, like, in comparison to, like, Guided by Voices, uh, mm-hmm. like, it's, you know, it almost makes me think, like, what was going on at the time that, like, made people want to go lo- lo-fi? I mean, I, I think it was, it was like it was a response of punk, but I don't feel like these, these people weren't punk in the sense of, like, 82 punk, like, you know, mm-hmm. like, like yeah, the Black know. Flag, but it's still, it's like it's like they had that idea that we're gonna make the songs regardless of how we're able to record them mm-hmm. but the the way in which you think about your songwriting is more steeped in you know i guess the beatles for lack of a better way yeah like it's definitely yeah. from a place more pop mm-hmm. than so it's like like what was it's like what was going on at the time and it's kind of a rhetorical question that like got people to really like want to go Toward this way, like you, you know, you can even throw a couple years later around this time, even early Ben Lee, you know, yeah. guided by voices, Sabado, very poppy, um, but yeah,
1: in an unconventional way.
0: Yeah, like it's it's strange, like what what was happening in the nineties, the mid <laughs> yeah, early the nineties that made people want this? Like, I guess they were just tired of Aerosmith, you know, or something. Like, I don't, yeah, I, don't know. Yeah. I mean,
1: I don't know. I like sometimes I think like. At least for me, when I think about like writing songs that I consider poppy, it's like it's not gonna turn out like modern pop music if I if I write something I consider poppy, because like usually I'm thinking of the structure itself. Like to me, Guided by Voices, like they have some extremely poppy songs, which like I think everybody can agree on that. But it's like, but like your average listener isn't gonna hear a guided by voices song necessarily and just be like at least somebody who's maybe not like super into music. Maybe I'm being kind of like mean right now, but the, the, I don't know if they would be like, oh yeah, like what is this? It's so catchy. Like they might be kind of like turned away by the more lo-fi elements, I guess. Yeah. Um
0: yeah. I could
1: be wrong. But I, I, no. I
0: Yeah. Uh I, I think what's interesting is kind of the way we probably both came at it, even though I came mm-hmm. at it much l- later. Like I feel like probably the way we were raised musically was kind of more from punk. So getting into things like this, it's like, you know, if, if there's someone that kind of started with indie rock so they know the history like that, they might be like screaming at us during this podcast. Yeah, they, yeah. But, they, I, but I don't know. Like, you know, be. we came at it from like a different angle. You know, it's like we went like, in using like a broad sense of punk, I guess we could say pop punk, um, you know, we kind of came at it from a different angle, you know? So even the idea of like what we consider poppy might originate more from that than it does this. So it's
1: yeah, very true. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought of it that
0: way. Yeah. But it's kind of the thought of like where you're talking about like just having it in your car, like even experiencing music in that way, almost in a sense that it's like almost stuck in your CD player seemed to be the way that it always was, you know? And the idea of just like, you, even up like 2012 or, you know, but from like the time I got my car up until now-ish, you know, like I don't just drive my car around town for fun anymore. And, yeah. You know, maybe that's, yeah. Like, you know, I don't know if maybe kids do that now, but I think the way you do experience music because of that, like aimlessly going around, mm-hmm. like this is one of those records you should do that for.
1: I totally agree. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's like, sometimes I wonder, like, I'm like, is that like a suburban like, like punk thing, like, or pop punk? Like, it's just like, I mean, growing up in the Midwest, it's like, you have to drive so much. I don't know. I feel like I sound so stereotypical right now, but it's like, you know, I don't, I just like grew up in when I was a teenager, like listening to like, like what CDs did I have in my car? I don't know. I mean, some of the first CDs I bought were like punk CDs, like Operation Ivy or like Minor Threat or something. But then it was like, I don't know. Like I, you know, I drive to school, I'd be listening to like Alkaline Trio or something while the sun was rising. And it's like, I feel like I like connect a lot of my musical experiences to like that feeling for some reason. I think like driving around and really digesting stuff. Um, But yeah, I totally agree. I think this record is like It's one that if you're just listening, like I was saying, if you're just like casually listening, which I do think like nowadays, I don't want to make some overarching statement that like more people now listen to like singles and shit like that. But like, I do think with the way the Spotify algorithm is, it can be easier to just listen to like a few songs, but I I don't know. I think because like I, I have noticed like my attention span gets has gotten shorter over the years for things but like that's one thing I like about you know when I really delved into this record it was honestly after it was at a it was during a period that like I didn't have an aux cable in my car but normally that would be how I would listen to shit you know this was like 2015 um but I only had a cd player so like I tried to take advantage when I lived in Minneapolis like because you know, there's just so many good like record stores there and shit like that. But there was some record store I went to, they just have the best CDs for so cheap. Like I also got like flood by they might be giants there. I got like, uh, I don't know, I like stocked up on a bunch of albums that I'd always kind of like wanted to get into. And I figured because I only had I think I had like, it was around that time I was moving from Minneapolis to New Orleans, which is a really fucking long drive. And I only have a CD player. So I was like, I gotta get some good CDs, you know. Yeah. So like that's kind of my like I have like a nostalgic experience of like listening to this album while like moving cross country, and it yeah. just being in my car when I lived in New Orleans all the time too and stuff. Um, yeah,
0: and that's like a time frame. I mean, obviously that you could have just if you didn't just have a CD player, you could have listened to podcast or. Done the whole Spotify thing, but like kind of like reverting in a way. Mm -hmm. You know, and it it does feel like a record that it's like I would put on, you know, I'm gonna go like to a friend's house, but on the way I stop for gas, so you kinda stop it. And then it's almost just like you hear the album through a series of like the errands that you have to run is I think the best way to approach it, you know? Yeah, Um, yeah because like when I time like at, at work that I'm just sitting there listening to it I'm like it feels like a record that I wouldn't almost would say that you shouldn't listen to all the way yeah you know, depending if you're doing mm-hmm. a long drive then you know you should yeah but it's like a few but
1: to- totally yeah 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 well that but, was I think in New Orleans I got into it even more because I was making a lot of short drives and it was still in my car and I would just hear certain songs and I'd be like oh yeah, this song, this song is like my favorite now, you know what I mean? And then like, I would randomly like, cause you know, I mean, everybody listens to music differently, but I, I know for me that I like, I'll have like a favorite couple songs and I'll kind of be on those for a minute. And then I'll like start, and then, you know, like it just gives you more of an opportunity to do that if the CD is in your car, because I think you, it's just on no matter what you're doing. So you might be like, it might catch you rather than like intentionally trying to get really into an album. It's like, I would suddenly start to have another favorite song, you know, on the record. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know.
0: Yeah. Similarly now, but... to similar to, uh, alien lanes by guided by voices. It's like, you, you wouldn't necessarily listen to this record as there are like standout tracks on this, mm-hmm. this album, but some mm-hmm. of them are almost like a suite. Like, I feel like when you, when you listen to Alien Lanes, like you're, it's like, if someone's like, what, you know, where should I start with them? It's like, you kind of got to listen to four songs and think about them as one song. Totally agree with that. And it has that same way because a lot of these Mm -hmm. songs are fairly short, uh, in certain regards. So they just kind of lead into something else. Um, but I guess like starting at like the top of the record, like, I think it starts like really strong, like, you know, six foot one is just an amazing song. Like without yeah. any context or kind of like anything. You could take it out in the world and it mm-hmm. be good, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. song fucking rips. <laughs> yeah. It's like off the gate it it's a rocker, but it also like I I yeah, it's funny cuz I've gone through periods of like lo- loving different parts of the album for totally different reasons. I think like the first half has a lot of like or the first third has a lot of more like rocking ones kind of Mm -hmm. yeah um but yeah that song is is awesome
0: yeah i was um so i i always try and figure out like what's my favorite song and then like what song i would cut but then there almost started being like a different uh project that i was like creating in my mind it's almost like trying to cut this record down to like all the rockers. Oh but, yeah, that's a good, but then I felt bad because I feel like then you, you're cutting out a lot of the personality of this record, mm-hmm. but you could do that and have like a really strong 30 minute record. Oh you know? yeah. Yeah.
1: Just like a straight up rock record.
0: Yeah. But then that's it like... really puts her in a different context. That's like, you need those kind of collage kind of, Uh, Mm -hmm. a lot of times it does just feel like it's like it's like you just start playing guitar and kind of whatever comes out is the song Mm -hmm. you know totally like doesn't edit herself really it feels like at all you know
1: yeah totally yeah I mean that's like I think that's one of the things that started to make me like the record to love the record and not just really like it was like Because I traditionally like I'm can be more attracted to the more kind of like rocking ones that are a little bit more poppy like the song like never said like that song is such a like pop it's like just like kind of like a pop punk song honestly, Um, just like an indie rock. A poppy indie rock song i'm so bad at genre descriptions yeah it did make...
0: that song specifically did make me think of a soft boys songs uh song mm-hmm. and it made me think of uh i want to destroy boys. you uh, it does
1: sound a lot like that does. song i've never made <laughs> yeah. that connection yeah. i want to destroy you like it's like the similar yeah you probably like the soft boys too that's the funny thing is like if you read about i don't know she likes really cool shit
0: yeah. Um, yeah, like I never really like I feel like sometimes people say that as like a like almost like a slag, but I, it's like there are only so many like rock chords, you know? Yeah, like I, no, feel, it's I feel true. like it's, I feel like it's it doesn't bother me. Like and you feel like it's like even if she knew it or realized it later on she takes it in a much different place and that's really all you have to do. Like, it's totally. like, you know, I think that so much of it is like derived off of one thing or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of times it's kind of hiding your influences, but, you know, it's like, there's so much like primal nature to this record mm-hmm. that it's going to also resonate with like another record that's pretty simple in the way that it's executed. So, yeah, totally. Of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think that it's probably one of the highlights for me. That or Divorce Song, I I would say, are my favorites. I love
1: that song. Divorce Song is awesome. Yeah. That's like... I was going to say, you know what's funny is like, I had a first few favorites like that, and then what I was original, like what I was going to say is like, as I started to have the CD playing more in my car, I realized like how much I loved her really like vulnerable songs. Like, mm-hmm. and I think they're really necessary on the album because like, um, I know she talks and you can just feel it from throughout the record. She has kind of like a bravado and swagger yeah. to the way that she's like, you know, I mean, she's literally talking about like killing men at certain points and stuff and like stuff that's like, and being really overtly sexual, which Mm -hmm. I think is like really cool. And it was not very common at that time. Um, especially in like indie rock, um, and, and punk. And like, I, but I was going to say her, her, her vulnerable songs kind of to me, like, make the album stand on another level of like she could have just had that like those poppy kind of more rocking rocking songs like all together but like you kind of see I I think it like you were saying it kind of adds to the charm of it like it feels more like she was just playing that and she just started singing and that's kind of like what came out and and like I don't know it kind of for me personally it kind of like made it it made it less, cause some of her like, some of her more crass lyrics, I think are really funny. And I think they're yeah. intentionally funny. Um, but also some of her, you kind of see that other side of her in the more vulnerable songs where it kind of like makes me want to cry. You know what I mean? Cause yeah. I, cause like for me personally, it's like, I feel like I've been there before, you know? Um, yeah. Just right. not being able to like meet people's expectations especially like in the, I I know, like, I I thought this was interesting when she just reading her talking about it, like how none of the guys she was like running around with even knew that she like wrote music. And when this came out, they were all kind of like shocked. And a lot of people kind of pushed back on her about it and were like, she didn't deserve like what she, you know, and she's, but meanwhile, it's like, she gets the last laugh because she's like kind of slagging all of these certain types of dudes off in her songs and she like makes this critically acclaimed record and it just to me the whole thing is like hilarious honestly yeah um yeah
0: yeah i I was trying to think what song it is um there's like the song where she's talking about how it's like she's talking about a guy and she's talking about how she wants to uh hook up with them but he's like dumb yeah Like, that's,
1: like, so many of the lyrics, I feel yeah.
0: like. Yeah, that could be multiple songs. But it's funny because it's just, like, I can't help myself. It almost makes me think of, like, uh, the Wasp song, like, Fuck Like a Beast. like. But yeah, that's what's yeah. also funny. Like, the kind of, like, when you hear certain kind of ways of people singing that you're not kind of used to mm-hmm. that style of music, talk, lyric-wise. Yeah, you know, totally. So it's, like, you wouldn't hear dude indie rock from this time frame like you know it's like for as kind of liberal as the scene tended to be mm-hmm. punk and indie rock teams uh, tends to be like more conservative you know in sort of yeah. like the way that expresses itself like it's mm-hmm. very like inward you know mm-hmm. so it kind of like hear someone outwardly talking that frankly about stuff like you were saying like mm-hmm. definitely like I feel like it makes me blush. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, <it's> totally. the... <laughs> yeah. No. Totally.
1: It kind of makes me blush too. I think ty- I think the song is the is flower. That's the, where she says, "I want to be your blowjob queen." Is that oh, the yeah. one? Like, oh yeah, Yeah. That song yeah. is like, no. That song kind of makes me blush too, which is why I think it's so good. Yeah, you know, that was like good. it's, it almost it almost reminds me of like WAP in a way, where yeah. it's like, she's literally like she's talking about having like a sex drive and she's talking about like all this shit. And for women in a lot of ways, like that's so frowned upon. Like, it's like, I even, I'm an extremely vulgar person and I try to be pretty like, you know, I, I like to think that I'm pretty like Frank, the way that I talk about like sex and my experience as a woman, but like to say it in a song even oh, is like, yeah, yeah, it's, that's like, she's fucking bold. You know, yeah. like, and in like an indie rock song, that's why I think it's so cool. It's like, it's just not what you would expect because a lot of times some of the moods of the songs are kind of more like, like kind of beautiful. And then you like start to listen, you're listening to the lyrics and you're like, whoa, what the fuck? This is, this is so like, I just straightforward. Like um, the song, that's like kind of not in the same way, cause like it's not it's not about like sex or anything, but like the song "Dance of the Seven Veils." That's actually one of my favorite ones. That wasn't at first, but later on, um, where she's talking about like uh, getting this guy's head on a silver platter, and it's like about the music scene, kind of. And like that song, I don't know. That song like really strikes me because it's very it's almost like creepy like noir sounding in a way to me where it's like she's she's talk. apparently the song is about like her roommate that basically thought she was getting in over her head by making this album and she's basically saying like uh you need to get out of the music business I think I have a silver platter for your head and like I think I want to like put you up in plastic and like pump you full of lead or whatever. Like all this shit like that where you're like, dude, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. really like macabre, but like super, super beautiful at the same time. Yeah,
0: um, I think like that territory of songwriting is, de- is definitely like one that has been like trodden by, you know, like cis male artists, but mm-hmm. it's still it's still new even to this day like, it still feels like it hasn't been done enough with, I guess, like, women. Yeah, you know? totally. And it's, it's unfortunate, um, and it it feels so fresh. I think, like, if if someone is an idiot, they could say, like, oh, well, if it's bad that men do it, then isn't it bad that, like, a woman doing it too? And I'm like, no, I think it's it's awesome because if you think about, like, the, Context of rock history, it's like mm-hmm. it's still like a a path that hasn't been gone down that long for women. Yeah, like it's like no, totally. that doesn't that doesn't apply for women too. Like it doesn't work. Yeah, that way, you know. But you know, so so it's it's fresh to hear mm-hmm. even now. Like I think comparing it to uh, other kind of like you know wap wap. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Now I feel like I'm like blushing again because it's like I don't want to <laughs> say. But it's like, but yeah. I don't want that to like win. Cause I think it's funny that it's like this album came out in 93 and mm-hmm. this song that's flower is like really overt. And so yeah. But it, so it's like, like if someone's going to be like, Oh, you know, wet ass <laughs> pussy is, is a, is like, no, this is bad. You know, it's like, this was how many years ago? Like this, that was 93. Like this is, that was like yeah. 2018 or something. It's yeah. Yeah. Like, It's like, we've done this, like, that shouldn't be surprising, but it still, like, riles people up, you know?
1: Yeah, and that's, like, I think, I think she was pretty intentional with her decision to make it that way, which I really think is cool, because, like, I, you know, just, like, reading interviews where she's talking about it, she's just talking about, like, you know, I was interested in sex, and men were allowed to talk about this in songs like all the time and do all the time and it's like why can't I like be forward like that why can't I say shit like that in songs you know like I think that like and it's it's just still funny because it's like women still just face so much derision for like their choice to do or not do that like I feel like there's always like a pressure to be like to sexualize yourself Um, but also to like not do what everyone else doesn't want you to do so you don't like look like a slut or something and I like Liz Fairs, you know lyrics and take on it because it's kind of like it's like it's sexy in that she has this confidence and exudes this sort Mm -hmm. of like sensuality in her voice but it's also like I feel like in my mind she's kind of trying to like scare this guy that she's talking about like she's trying to be very like like it's almost like funny like because it's to me I and I'm kind of just imagining this it's like she knows that her being this frank might turn off certain guys and and that's like why it becomes super feminist to me even is because she's like kind of like how, you know, even with like, with WAP, it's like these, there's still people who are just like clutching their handbags and shit like that and it's like, whether, I know that like Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion are like um, on a different scale than Liz Fair, but it's Mm -hmm. like still to me, it's like women, women like talking about sex in a vulgar way is cool to me like I'm just like I not that anyone needs like my take on it or something but I'm just like I think it's really I think it's humorous that like people people would judge when men are doing the same exact shit you know what I mean it's like why is this such a big deal you know like and that's one thing I think is funny with Liz is that she's almost trying to be so vulgar that like it's it's kind of like she's kind of like she's literally calling this guy dumb and she's like but also talking about her like desire you know so i don't know
0: thinking about that roommate that she had or just like i guess men in general well men in general i could stop mm-hmm. there but <laughs> definitely men in general at the time this happened mm-hmm. like, like just thinking about my own partner sarah like she got into playing music later Mm-hmm. because she it's just like you don't feel comfortable like playing and so i, I imagine like some of the aspects of like kind of like almost secret it feels like it's like she was secretly recording a lot of this yeah. album because it's like you wouldn't in from what you said from like her roommate and, and you wouldn't feel comfortable like telling your guy friends or acquaintances because they're going to like make you feel shitty about it you know like and that's like i'd like to think it's better but i know that it is probably better but that's not to say Mm -hmm. things are good you know it's like it's like imagine a world where maybe liz fair didn't feel like she had to like dance around it to get there
1: yeah yeah you
0: know so it's like you know she just Probably recorded them without the idea that anyone heard, would hear it, and mm-hmm. that's supported by the fact that whenever the original like girly sound tapes came out, like mm-hmm. she made like three, like yeah, two or three. Yeah,
1: I read about that. Yeah,
0: and then just like gave it to that guy John Henderson, and then like I think like Brad Wood got one, and then, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: You know, so it's like that. I mean, that, that kind of sucks, though. You know? Yeah, it's like, yeah, totally. Yeah, like any male artists that let's say if there was like a male equivalent of this, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. they would have showed everybody. You know? Yeah, for like, sure. No, that's and no so one true. would make them feel like trash for like, you know, not being like the best guitar player. Like it's like, yeah. it's like, it's mm-hmm. okay that she's not the best guitar player. Like who fucking mm-hmm. cares? You know, mm-hmm. like, and I, like there's even times where I remember like shows where it's like, Oh, uh, well, that person, usually they're talking about women. They're like, they have to, you know, you shouldn't watch your hands when you play guitar or something. Like, I've heard yeah. people say stuff like that. Like, oh, you should work on that. You know, but yeah. they wouldn't offer. No one would offer. I watch my hands all the time when I'm fucking playing yeah. bass. And no one's going to say that shit to me. Yeah you know like it's like because I'm a guy and so by that token then I must know what I'm doing and yeah I don't I don't don't know what I'm doing (laughs) yeah I've been playing bass for a long time and I'm still really bad at it but you know I
1: mean I wouldn't say but I know what you're saying I mean that's like that's like I mean it and I think that's one reason why this album like means a lot to me and I feel like a lot of like female musicians is kind of like she, I mean, I just really relate to that feeling and I'm, and I'm sure like, you know, Sarah's talking about that shit too, but it's like, and I feel like I, I had like a, because I kind of grew up with music and I started playing guitar pretty young. I feel like I had like a head start um, where a lot of women didn't because like, luckily my, my dad was in, like, my parents were encouraging me to To play music but it's still just like still the cultural like people on the outside really influence your sense of confidence and I still feel like I'm faking it most of the time like I'm like you know and it's like I don't know back in the day it's like I remember recording demos on my own that I didn't really show very many people and when I did there were some guys in the scene here who were like A woman did this like I don't even believe that
0: (laughs) yeah what man helped
1: yeah exactly they literally didn't believe it and I also had guys be like wow you're actually like good like you should be in our band and I was like yeah sure I'd be in your band and they're like oh just kidding like you can't be in our band because you're a girl like they were like it's too bad because you're good but like we just can't have you in the band." (laughs) yeah that's like that shit kills you you know like
0: yeah it's that, that gets like so uh that's so that's such so, so a fucked up thing because i feel like it's like if you read into their statement it like gets mm-hmm. really fucked up the more you like break it the, apart the, it's the, just the like deeper
1: you go yeah
0: it's just like we can't be trusted around woman you know yeah exactly <laughs> like
1: or we would look it's tied to like misogyny and like homophobia and all that shit like they're like we would look like weak or like a girl if we had a girl in our band or like gay or something you know you know just how like yeah i mean i do think it's a lot better now which i think is awesome it's so awesome but it's still still like dudes need to check themselves i mean i even think it's just like yeah i still I can't count how many times I've had like men try to explain to me like something about my instrument without me asking or like, and they, or like explain to me that like I, the way a PA works or something. And I'm like, bro, you don't even realize that like my day job is an audio. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, I didn't ask for your opinion, but you just assume that I know nothing,
0: you know, like it is like a, it does feel like it's like a cultural thing too or like societal thing where it's like you have to and it's like i try it's like i know there's probably been times where i've like been that guy and it's like Mm -hmm. it's hard not to because like Mm kind of like how it doesn't it doesn't excuse it but then sometimes you're like but it's like it's like i don't but you see those guys they like come up and they're like well the have you tried this <laughs> putting your pedal there and it's like no yeah. guy would ever go up to my pedals and be like put this pedal in this position because of the you know it's shit that i still don't understand and yeah. it's like fine if my like bandmate does it you know but it's like yeah that's there are different. certain ways where it's like my like one pedal should probably be before the other and it's like i don't know but yeah. no one's gonna get on stage and kind of do that like tutorial at a show like <laughs> yeah
1: definitely. while you're there
0: and sound checking and i've seen that happen so many goddamn times yeah and yeah and it's like this feel i mean a lot of a lot of what i love about this album is that it feels like it's like my shit might be out of tune mm-hmm. but i don't give a fuck like i'll i'll cut off your head if you try and say anything yeah exactly it. Like, that's, that's so cool <laughs>
1: yeah yeah no i totally agree i think that like her i think it's so cool that like despite it unfortunately it sounds like she had a lot of like negative experiences in the punk scene in chicago in regards to her having success with this album and her making stuff and like blah 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 and it's like it's too bad but also if the fact that she just did this and just put it out there like completely bared herself mm-hmm. and like it's so gratifying to me because it's like she's literally like i just feel like the best like art the best revenge is like the artist like writing their shit in the song and putting it out like you know what yeah. i mean it's yeah, like yeah. It's yeah. like, she gets the fucking last laugh, like, no yeah. matter what people, what anyone at that time said. Like, it's like, well, she's the one who made the fucking awesome record. If people say that she can't play guitar a certain way, it's like, who fucking cares? She's, like, an amazing artist. Why are we yeah putting so many standards on women that we're not putting on other, you know, we're not putting on men or something. It just makes yeah.
0: no sense. Yeah, I think, like, there's, like, a weird, when people do that kind of thing, like, the uh, a person didn't earn it is weird like because like everyone's journey is like different and it Mm -hmm. seems like a very obvious thing to say but it's like and i don't know like what bands she clashed with or did this to her but it's like someone's someone's success isn't your failure
1: yeah like it's like
0: it doesn't like her success on matador had nothing to do with like any other it's like i can name like you know it's like it had nothing to do with like slant and i'm not saying that because i know that there was any connection but it's like they're just two separate chicago-esque things which they were Mm -hmm. louisville but but you know um Mm -hmm. so it's like peg boy succeeding or failing had nothing to do about liz fair like that's like a way to think about it it's like yeah you know like just because one band becomes popular doesn't mean yours can't or that's Mm -hmm. the reason why yours can't Mm -hmm. you know and that's something i i've had to tell myself like i have to remind myself like it's like just that simply once again someone's success is not your failure like it's like
1: yeah it
0: just simply has nothing to do with you liz fair getting on matador is liz fair getting on matador it's not someone else not getting it because she didn't tour for 10 years (laughs) yeah exactly
1: so many people do that and i try to tell myself the same thing too because you know it's like And I think, I think everybody kind of feels that and has that experience, Um, especially with social media. Now it's just easy to compare yourself to like other people, but um, like, I don't know. I feel like part of that backlash is, has to be sexist to some degree, because I think it's kind of like, like some of them are probably like, they, they just don't they can't fathom like a woman exceeding like succeeding on her own like they always have to spin it as something else like oh she just got there because she looks good or like she didn't try that hard she just got help because she you know just like I don't know exactly what people were saying to her but like I don't know I just like it's just such bullshit because it's like why why are you uncomfortable in the first place with with a woman getting popular it's like yeah maybe like if somebody got like you know affirmative action it's like oh if somebody got kicked out because they were a woman i don't think that's even the case i don't think that's the case with her it's like you know it's kind of like okay well she's had to deal with so much fucking shit that kind of puts that you know we've all been put behind like women have all been put behind by all this like fucking guyville shit as she's saying like and um these certain standards that are all kind of bullshit and all kind of like a fake machismo thing and it's like it's like so what if she got like I you know you'd think that people would applaud that and that's the kind of thing that I like I try to remind myself that too because it's it can be easy too as a female musician to like compare yourself to other women artists and be like why am I not like where they're at or like blah 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 and it's just like that shit hurts everyone, you know, like, I'm kind of like there, why can't there be room for everybody, you know? Yeah. Like everyone should have, have a shot at like getting to live out their dreams as corny as that sounds and make the art they want to make, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I I mean, I
0: think sometimes with other people, I think it's like sometimes social media kind of erases people's like interesting stories that might be the lives mm-hmm. they lead outside of these bands. You know, it's like totally even by the idea of like just making, you know, and I'll touch on Liz fair f- for a second again. It's like, it's like, I don't, I kind of want to know like who she was before this. Like, I think mm-hmm. that story is probably interesting. And it's like, mm-hmm. and it's like, you know, like even I feel like your story is like interesting and like even mm-hmm. the things you do in between like the projects you work on, it's like mm-hmm. the bands you've gone on tour with to help them or whatever role mm-hmm. you had. But yeah. it's like social media tells you in a way and, you know, and even before social media, it's kind of like it's just all your hits. Yeah, you know? for but, sure. But all of those mm-hmm. other things like made you the person that you are today mm-hmm. that... Mm-hmm make for a great conversation and made you the person that you are right yeah you know Mm -hmm. and yeah
1: Yeah, I think it's easy to like I think it is easy to just see a person as what they put out there online or something and Mm -hmm. kind of like judge somebody based on that but it's like I don't know I just think like for me personally I like I'm always way more interested in like who that person is behind that, because I feel like, I don't know, I know for me, it's like I've felt pressured to put, and I think everybody kind of feels this way to some degree, but like, you know, after mixtapes, even having like minor success, like in the punk world, it's like, you know, there's this weird thing where like with social media, it's like, you feel like you have to like put some sort of like I don't know there've been times in my life where I've like overthought what I've like posted online or something.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um I know we're going way off on a tangent here but no, like No, that's totally fine. Yeah. yeah. But I'm yeah. like I don't know what I'm I try to like remember and focus on is like I just try to remember I'm like none of that shit fucking matters. You know what yeah. I mean? Like what whatever like control I think I might have by like posting something on social media, it's like it's like, at the end of the day, who really cares? Like most people are on there, using it for the same reason I am, which is just like minor entertainment and like memes and shit like that. You know what I mean? It's yeah. kind of like, it's like, I don't know. um And it's like I still kind of use it to like promote shows or like etc. Or just like tell people what's going on, just like anyone else. But it's just like, yeah, I think it's really easy to like, because I'm super interested in that too with Liz Fair. Like I'm like who who was she before that and that's one reason I really like the girly sound tapes but I want to like delve more into them you know Mm -hmm. Um, yeah but that's one reason and I'm sure you feel the same way why you actually like talking about albums and kind of doing deep dives which like it appealed to me when you approached me about this because like all I honestly do especially like I've been unemployed the past like year since the pandemic started is like I read Pitchfork a lot. Um, yeah. I but I I just delve into albums and I start reading about them. Like if I get really into an album, that's like all I really want to do. So,
0: you know. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's kind of I don't know if it's like a Wikipedia brain thing, but like it's mm-hmm. even like it's like oh I'll be reading about Black Sabbath and then I click on and I'm like oh that guy played on this record and mm-hmm. then I'm like wait that guy played on that too and then eventually you're like wait how did I get to like mission impossible uh ghost protocol or something like i don't know like this has been two hours (sighs) and i got here how did i get from like vinnie a piece um or you know like the band like vanilla fudge into like tom cruise like i don't don't know and somehow they kind of like kevin bacon themselves into like the separation thing um so true so so yeah i mean that's like what i like about it you know i (laughs) like to kind of like tunnels that it kind of leads you to even like mm-hmm. if it went from Liz Fair to you know uh whatever, you know, somehow maybe yeah to whoever. Like even things like uh one of the things I read about she she said that none of the songs were about her. And sometimes mm-hmm. I feel like I don't know it's like I don't have any way to say that I don't agree with her because if she says yeah. it then yeah, sure. Totally. But it's like I think that's almost like a retroactive, like editing. Oh yourself. yeah,
1: for sure. I agree.
0: But there are certain, like, she didn't obviously cut off someone's head and yeah, it's yeah. Like, some of it's like in her head. It's like, but it is about you. It's, but, but it's about sort of a version of yourself that you would, if you could do this, you would. Cause that's yeah. what a lot of it. It's like, what would I do mm-hmm. in that situation? Which is how a story mm-hmm. works. But mm-hmm. I feel like it's still tied to her more than like, you know, Stephen King writing a book about, a killer lamp or something you know? yeah yeah totally. um, you know so it's like clearly that's not him uh, but mm-hmm. she did say that supposedly and it's been like refuted I think is the word uh, that it's the whole album is a response to Exile on Main Street by the Rolling mm-hmm. Stones yeah and I think that's really I and I I learned that right before we started talking yeah. and so I didn't do a one-to-one on it yeah but that's a great thing and uh to pull back the curtain some not that anyone cares i've done that for one song that i've written where i've written a response to someone else's song really Uh, yeah and i mean it's it's just kind of a fun thing to do yeah yeah. it wasn't for any sort of point but it's it's great that she wrote if if that's true that's great to kind of like what was the female viewpoint of all these songs essentially about the you know rolling stones relationships with women and whatever they yeah, were doing yeah yeah like, spain or wherever they were recording at the time yeah i think
1: i think so i think because so i've i've researched this too i think okay. that like certain songs are actually direct responses but like i i do think the album as a whole isn't exactly that like i think that she i feel like she said that that's a it's like a loose thing and, it, and I feel like she, part of her honestly thought it would be like funny to, to like yeah. even approach that as a concept. Um, but I, cause I know a lot of the songs she had already written for Girly Sound. So a lot of them, like maybe half of them were carried over, but I know certain songs were actually written as direct responses to particular Rolling Stones songs. So I don't know exactly like when that idea started or like, but I think it's awesome also just cause like, like I know the song flower, the really sexual one, she like, that was a response to one of the Rolling Stones songs on exile on main street. I think it was like, let it loose or something. And like, Mm. I'm not really that. So I do like the Rolling Stones. I'm not really that familiar with that album. So I actually thought about after this like i was like i need to delve into that album i've
0: listened to that album a lot and it's also a long album so it kind of makes it interesting that i'm like how much of a one-to-one because it's like a double it's like a double record yeah Um, yeah i like rolling stones a lot Um, i I think it is interesting to kind of think about that like i mean any kind of like rock song that's like a dude's viewpoint of you know any in that context it's like why would they have? It's not like a meatloaf. Meatloaf songs allow like the woman to kind of speak back. Yeah, in, like. But most things aren't like opera. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know? Uh, so yeah, of course. Paradise there's no by the resp- Dashboard Light.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's one yeah. of my favorite songs. Actually. Yeah. It's not so good.
0: Yeah, you don't get a lot of uh, a person speaking and then the other person getting to respond, <laughs> yeah. which I think we do need more in music. I agree. Uh, yeah.
1: What's that? Uh human league don't you want me baby she's like suddenly she's like i was working as a waitress you know what i mean and you're just like oh my god this is like so cheesy but that song is so good also Mm -hmm. in my opinion um but like yeah no i totally agree i think it's kind of a funny concept to have like back and forth replies like that'd be a funny playlist to make actually just collect every song you can think of. That's like, has two different, like it's, it's actually supposed to be like two different people, like not necessarily like male and female, but it's like a conversation almost or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I think that'd be kind of funny. I think we
0: need to look into it. I agree. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to look for a few, like meatloaf is an easy place to start. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But there's even got to be like, it's like, there's bound to be like a hot water music song or something that's got cause it's got two oh my singers, God, it so has it's like maybe to. they do, and I just don't didn't yeah. realize it. But it's like, uh-huh. you know, or it's funny to think about like uh, like a Spaz song or something just being <laughs> yeah. three, like three people arguing, you know? Yeah, totally. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. So, um, but you mentioned uh, reading like Pitchfork stuff. This did get a ten out of ten. But sometimes it's like, I don't want to count those in the same way because it's an anniversary. And I think, like, yeah,
1: they always kind of do that, I feel like.
0: Yeah. And, but I couldn't, I didn't see that they had uh, reviewed it in the beginning, like when it yeah. came out. Cause I'm trying mm-hmm. to think like when Pitchfork became a thing, even.
1: Yeah. I feel like it wasn't. Cause I feel like when they do those like in depth, like anniversary reviews, usually they haven't reviewed it before. Yeah. But I, I could be wrong. But, yeah.
0: I know stuff like Jimmy World has been, like, re-reviewed. Oh, okay. You know, but that was, like, later 90s, so... Yeah, um, yeah. You know, but it's... It would have been interesting to kind of compare reviews... Yeah. ...at the time Mm
1: -hmm. versus
0: now. Uh, Yeah. You know, kind of, like, looking back at it as kind of slowly people are... Not better, but, you know, I've gotten more open in this kind of conversation that we've been having... Um yeah and it's been certified gold by the RIAA uh, as of 2010 so that means it's what sold over like 500,000 copies um mm-hmm. uh, and so you know <laughs> it's, it's, pretty cool yeah. It's yeah. weird
1: to think about that now just cuz like our concept of like album selling now I don't mm-hmm. know it's like so off for me like I can't even like fathom that Yeah so like 500,000 copies I mean Yeah it's like I can, but you know what I'm saying? It's like now you're like I don't know what the standards are now, but it's like your shit is gold if like you have like a combination of like a certain amount of sales, but then also like streams equate to sales now too, yeah. if they add up in a certain I don't know. I don't really get how it works, but
0: Well yeah, but these were like just straight up album sales. Yeah. Like you know, yeah. nothing nothing like some amalgamation of streaming versus because that yeah that is definitely like how it is now and also i think the numbers have like dropped a bunch um probably because they're equating streams in there um and this was like the one of the best selling records on matador for a good long time yeah um so good good on you (laughs) yeah Yeah. i know
1: one thing i was gonna say and it's just kind of mind-blowing to me is that like You know, I feel like usually it takes a little bit for an artist to, like, kind of deliver an album that's, like, this good. Mm -hmm. And, like, I know she had demoed a ton of songs, but, like, this is, like, one of the best debut albums that I feel like I could think of. Like, where it's, like, it's so solid. Like, I mean, I think it's a perfect album. But it's, like, I don't know. Like, I'm just, like, dude, you really, she really fucking you know had like had her own special vision and way of songwriting but then like the combination of that with the production aspects I think take it to a whole nother level you know and it's just Mm -hmm. like I don't know it's just really fucking cool that I'm like dude you made this album when you were like what in your mid-20s or something and it's like a perfect record it's just fucking awesome like it, it kind of blows my mind
0: Do you feel like you could if you could cut two tracks from the record, um, we're tasked with getting this record under 50 minutes, Okay. um, which might take more than that. Um, But which songs do you feel like you would cut?
1: Okay, I'm going to look I'm going to look at the it's funny because like one thing I've realized when I was kind of just like reading the lyrics to this album while I was like sitting with it, is that like. I don't even really know the names of a lot of the songs, but I know the song so well because I listen to it in my car. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like all the time. So I was like, Oh wait, which one is this one? You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, Cause you so... kind of,
0: you almost like anticipate a song when the other one's ending. And so you're not so much like, I usually have this thing where I don't feel like I have like an instant recall, but yeah. I almost, I know what's going to come next. Yeah. Same. You know? That's how so. I
1: feel with this one. Okay. Let's see. I'm looking at it now this one, this is going to be hard. Maybe. I don't know. Ah, uh, I really love every song. Um. <sighs> sorry. I'm like getting, I'm like getting stressed out. Yeah. It's um, like, someone's
0: going to like be mad at you if this fictional yeah. thing.
1: Yeah. Um, maybe like, I really like Girls, 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 but, like, maybe that one.
0: That's one I listed. I oh, think. really? Yeah, because I feel like, I mean, I like the idea of the stripped-down songs, mm-hmm. but I think sometimes, and even early in the record, like Glory Into Dance, uh, yeah. the, the only issue is just, like, you kind of feel like you get two songs that just have a similar vibe, not even, like, tone of yeah, what like the lyrics sure. are about, but it's, like, so then it starts kind of like as the album progresses it feels like it's like well it's fine if what song stripped down mm-hmm. but if it kind of feels like it's doing the same kind of vibe one after another mm-hmm. so that it was like an easy thing to just like cut girls 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 because yeah. fucking run into divorce song would be like you know
1: That's true. Just that's true. You
0: know. <laughs> I didn't yeah. think about that. So that's really all it is the ex- the experiment is for is just like could you sequence it in a way that would even be like make it stronger
1: yeah i get like i start to get stressed out because i'm like yeah it's like i'm like oh what if somebody gets mad at me like what yeah
0: well i think what people like i feel like people do like they did it this time but a lot of singles around this time it's like they still were going to be on the record yeah it's like i wouldn't want these songs to not exist Mm-hmm. But it's like if somehow, like, Girls, Girls, Girls would just be another song, like maybe yeah, a soundtrack totally. or wherever mm-hmm. it ends up going, mm-hmm. you know, it still needs to be a song that exists. Yeah, for sure. In the catalog, but potentially not on this record.
1: Yeah. The yeah. other one I was going to say maybe would be Glory, also.
0: I mean, uh, yeah, Glory was, yeah. Because I, I feel really... like with, yeah, Six One and Help Me Marry then if it went straight for me, if it went straight in and never said, yeah, then it keeps the energy up. Cause then it, if it keeps the energy up that early, then I yeah, feel like then you then get more like, times to go kind of back down.
1: That's true. Yeah. yeah. I didn't so, think about it that way. Yeah. It's funny. Cause I used to like, it's just so, it's like such a kind of like cobbled together way. I got into this album because I, literally only used to listen to fucking run like i just didn't really listen to the other songs yeah. i think i really liked 6-1 too but it was like it wasn't until the cd was in my car so it's like i even my concept of the like structure is kind of weird because i've listened to it in full many 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 times but like a lot of my experience was like what we were saying like almost like between errands where you're hearing like a set of three songs or something like that yeah. you know yeah. yeah so i have like a like, I feel like Dance of the Seven Veils wouldn't have been. It wasn't one of my early favorites, and for some reason that one. And like, I really like the song uh, Johnny Sunshine too. I like love that song.
0: Yeah, I, I I had that one. I wrote like I started writing like good or cut one next, time, and uh-huh. then I then I was like, well, that's then. So I have it written good, good. Yeah, Those yeah. Things that are really good, which I could have just wrote great. Uh, (laughs) like good good yeah um so it's like yeah but johnny sunshine listed as good yeah Yeah, it's a good song so it's staying on the record staying but you know like divorce song is like good good and it gets a star yeah Um, so does never said
1: yeah Uh, those are both amazing i mean those are both like standouts for sure
0: yeah so song's really good if liz fair listens to this episode and isn't mad that you cut a song uh, from the <laughs> album. Uh, what, what would you want to say to her if she's listening?
1: Oh my God, it's <laughs> too much. <laughs> Cause I thought I was like, okay, what if she, what if she listened to this? I would freak out. Yeah. Um, well, it would just be Liz. You've given me so much confidence in my own songwriting and journey in doing whatever i want as a musician and as a female musician not that that's what she asked for that sort of like pressure or anything but like and just thank you i think <laughs> cuz i don't know i feel like she like i feel like i didn't even like r- realize it really because it's been like ingrained in like i feel like this album has been like ingrained into me for a minute at this point but like she there's just no one else like her like I listen to so many I listen to so much fucking music but like her mixture of like funny vulgar lyrics but like poppy but not like overtly obvious poppy and like her really cool guitar playing it's like I don't know there's just nothing she's on another level And I feel like that, I feel like it also inspired me because like, I have like kind of an unconventional singing voice also. And I think she kind of does too. Like she has like a kind of like lower register voice. And that was another thing that was like meaningful to me, um, was just like hearing a woman sing who was singing like, punk and indie rock kind of shit but like making all kinds of different songs but singing in her natural like voice and it was kind of like a more it just wasn't like because when I was younger I never I always wanted to sing but I was always like my voice is too weird and like low and I and I still have I've had some people like say shit about my voice before online I hate that I've read this but like I've heard people be like Maura's voice is just so weird like I don't I just can't get past it like And, but like, you know, it's people like Liz Fair that when I heard her singing, I was like, oh, I was like, she, she doesn't, she's not Mariah Carey, but she doesn't fucking need to be Mariah Carey. You know, like I love Mariah Carey and this is nothing on Mariah Carey, but it's like, I think maybe because I have a similar thing with my voice, just that I like, don't have a really like showy voice or something. I have like a lower voice. I... Like Liz Liz means so much to me. You know? There's just no comparing, you know. Yeah. But
0: I like I mean I I love Mariah Carey too, if you're listening to this Mariah Carey. Yeah. I'm not sure why you're turning <laughs> Mariah, into this, this episode. This yeah. episode. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but like I like hearing people's voices that you feel like they it's like they're working at it, you know? Like yeah, it, yeah. It's like it just has a lot of character. Like mm-hmm. like even into like country art, like Chris Christopherson songs. like I love like, Chris Christopherson. Yeah, there's so much, like, it's like he's trying so hard. Like, you know, yeah. and even, like, John Prine. And, mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many examples, like, in all types of music. But, like, people that you feel like it's, like, this is just who they are mm-hmm. are just, like, my favorite. Like, you can't Same. make them be anything else. Like, I think it's yeah. great to, like, have yeah. that kind of personality. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but, but I guess, like, as we shift into your own music um Mm -hmm. so you recently uh are you're working you're doing a new band called the mimes yeah 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 and you all just put out a new record recently
1: yeah so um we kind of started as like a pandemic project um and it's with two of my best friends megan and john but we just put out we just put out like uh yeah our first album it's gonna be on vinyl via Let's Pretend Records. Um, I don't, I don't know the release date yet, um, but I think we just, we just put out like cassette, you know, a cassette version that we kind of put together ourselves at first. But yeah, making that was really fun because it was kind of like, it was the kind of thing where like if the pandemic didn't happen, like I don't know if that ever would have happened because the three of us are also like separately busy, but we like had so much time on our hands. Like all we were doing was hanging out with each other and like, basically like getting high and doing weird shit in the studio, which is like, that's what the record is pretty much. It's like, like we all switch instruments. Like we played our first show recently, um, which was really cool. Cause I haven't played a show since, you know, since everything's happened. And, uh, It's just wild because i've never been in a band where we like switched instruments at least four
0: times (laughs) yeah yeah it's kind of fun to think of just like almost those things that you've taught yourself to not do Mm -hmm. like as a band just kind of getting to a point where you're like well i'm gonna do it because i want to you know yeah exactly like embrace the inner townie you know exactly (laughs)
1: exactly (laughs) (laughs) embrace okay we need to name we need to name the mimes need to name a song embrace the inner townie i think it would fit our our vibe. Yeah. Um I uh but yeah, that's like like I hadn't it, doing that project was fun too cuz like we like I've never played drums on anything before and I kind of I've been wanting to learn for a really long time and like during the pandemic the mimes was kind of like a way for me to learn drums. I don't know. So I I played drums on f- like at least four of the song five maybe four or five of the songs on the record. And like, I'm not playing guitar pretty much at all, which is like usually that's my main instrument. So I think for all of us, it was kind of like a, like, we're just like, why the fuck not like, it, it just kind of made it more f- making music, like a little bit more fun. Whereas like, it's always been fun. Like it's fun in my other bands too, but it's more of a, like, there's kind of an expectation of like how things are going to sound or something. And like, you know, like direct hits not gonna be like, all right, let's all switch instruments. You know what I mean? (laughs)
0: Like
1: like, no one would want that, you know? So (laughs) it's kind of fun to like start a project just for the sake of like, also like we obviously wanna make really good songs. Like we worked really hard on all the songs, but like it also sprung from a place of like, you know, keeping ourselves busy and like boredom and like just having, having fun, so.
0: Yeah, I mean I yeah. I think that's great. I I feel like that's like something the pandemic has kind of instilled in me because I feel like I got to a point where I was, you know, just sitting there at home and it's like what do I even like about playing music? <laughs> no, like, totally. Like it was like I hate booking <laughs> shows. You know, yeah, same. I I sometimes like hate being on tour. Yeah. And it's like what <laughs> do I, what, like just simply like I it, I get mad a lot of times at band practice, you know, cuz yeah. I'm like it's just like, I feels like a waste of time, but, you know, and those are my worst moments. Um, but it's like, what do I actually like? And it yeah. was just like writing songs. Like, that's all I like doing. Like, I don't nece- I I know that I'm going to have to do the rest of it because that's what I signed up for, you know, yeah, but it's like, really- but this is what I, this is at the root of it. Mm-hmm. what i like so if you took everything away and all my bands break up i feel like eventually i'm gonna write another song yeah and so then it's like shit i can't stop if i know that's the yeah. root of everything it's like fuck i'm at the same place i guess well, i'll stick i still with have
1: this. to keep playing music
0: <laughs> yeah because it's like i'm gonna do that you yeah know? and so i think that like with the mimes it feels like you know it's like we just like writing songs
1: that's you know? exactly what happened pretty much like we were yeah. like we want to write songs. You know, we've never written songs with each other before, really. And, like, Megan and I have been in, we, We're in a couple bands together. Like, she's in that, this band, Homeless Gospel Choir, with me. Um, and um, she's, like, my best friend. So we've done a bunch of musical shit together. But we haven't been in a project where we're writing together, really. And then John, who's, like, a local Cincinnati, like, audio engineer, like, wizard, basically. And he's in this band vacation here mm-hmm. he like i've always loved his songwriting like a lot and yeah. i feel like he you know in his respective bands he does write but like i we were just like we got to do a band together like yeah. it'll just be fun because we all love writing songs so we were just like let's just fucking get in, go into the space and get weird just like yeah
0: yeah i love vacation um mm-hmm. i really wish more people like talked about them and i almost yeah, like awesome. feel like that's a bummer to like say because it feels like when you tell so when you essentially tell a band they're underrated it's sort of well just, yeah like, it's like it kind of, of puts it on them you know it like it's like almost like a
1: backhanded compliment <laughs> yeah
0: so sorry john um <laughs> but <laughs> no, I, I i love vacation like i think that it should be a band like so many people talk about like and i feel yeah, like around the time totally like agree. tenement was coming up and even like mm-hmm. screaming females like they were they were and are a band but it's like it's amazing that they're like still putting out records and they've been like so consistent like it's yeah you know yeah i i think it's amazing that you get to play or you are playing music with your friend that yeah is also in an amazing band no <laughs> so. i
1: i think it's really inspiring too just because like they i mean it's cool being friends with people who put make that much like art you know um and john is like like honestly if it was just megan and i we love to fuck around i'm like i don't know if we would ever actually like make it into something but like john is the one who's like let's go guys like we made a song let's record it you know yeah and so like like we already started recording like we've recorded half of another album already which is cool um so i think it's kind of i think that's like i guess i don't really know with vacation like who's responsible i think they're all responsible for continuing to just keep putting out music all the time yeah and i know they all really love guided by voices which guided by voices obviously does that too
0: yeah
1: um just continuously like putting out records no matter what um But I feel like with the mimes, that's probably going to be a thing too, which I really like because it kind of like, if you're always working on stuff, like I feel like a lot of times nowadays, like musicians' album cycles are pretty long. Yeah. Whereas like, you know, back in the day, like the Beatles, not to, I love the Beatles, honestly, but I'm like. I feel so like stereotypical talking about the Beatles, but like, it's like, you know, they, they thought it would be like a fun exercise. They're like, Oh, let's write an album in like two weeks and record it, you know? And they just did that shit and they put out so many records and it's like, why not? You know, to me, like, I'm just like, so this year and during the pandemic, like I've been doing a lot more writing than I've ever done, but I've honestly been enjoying it a lot just because like, normally I feel like I'm on tour and I don't, I'm usually too like drained to really write stuff. Yeah. Um, but like I yeah. also like tomorrow I'm recording, I'm also working on like a solo EP thing. Um, and tomorrow I'm like going into the studio with John, who's recording it. Uh, and working on that shit too. Um, and so I'm like excited because I just feel like I have so many like writing projects going on. Um, and I'm like, you know. I don't feel like the pandemic needs a positive spin but like for me personally I feel like I kind of like needed something to happen to where I wasn't just like constantly going and where I actually was like doing a similar thing where I'm like okay what do I really like about playing music because at one point I was touring so much that I was like kind of miserable honestly and I'm just like I'm like I don't really want to feel like that like I kind of so I think, like, going forward, all the bands I'm in, we're going to kind of take more of that approach of just doing stuff when we really want to and, like, not just saying yes to shit just because, you know?
0: Yeah. But Yeah, yeah I hope people kind of, like, think about that more. And maybe that's, like, a product of me being older. But it's, like, during the pandemic, I got, like, a job that gives me, like, benefits. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's, like, I want to tour. But it also, it's, like, nice to know that i'm gonna get paid you know and it's like and it's like until like the american system will probably never changes it's like i you know i don't want to wonder if i'm gonna be able to like pay certain things and i feel like yeah i'm i have a privilege that i can even say that i can pay certain things but it but it's like yeah to kind of like put every throw kind of throw everything into a box and like hit the road is you know, it's like, but that's not why we kind of started playing music to begin with. You know, yeah, it's, it's a sure. byproduct of what it looks like, but mm-hmm. like just kind of trying to remind myself why I did it in the first place. Yeah. You know.
1: I think that's good. I think a lot of people have been kind of having a similar experience. Um, just where we're all kind of like, Okay, we can't tour all the time. Like, wh- why are we doing this and why do we want to do it? And, like, hopefully getting a new perspective just because, like, I'm in a kind of similar boat where I've been unemployed this whole time, but I'm trying to get a job. And I'm kind of like, I really like being home.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like that, I, that's the main conceit yeah. of it. It's like, oh, I like, you know, it's like I didn't I didn't get, like, a new job until, like, January of this, mm-hmm. the end of January this year. So it was most, mm-hmm. well, you could say most of the pandemic basically unemployed and like washing Mm -hmm. dishes Uh, yeah and it was like all of those things were kind of fine when i could kind of drop one of the part-time jobs and like go on the road for a little bit but they essentially all of the jobs i worked in were kind of music tangentially and then you know it's not even like touring per se but just like oh events oh it's like events slash music and then they all dried up and then it was like these were good when things were going, but... Yeah. Do you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Know. Probably making it a little too bummery to people. But um, I guess what plans do you have as we slowly come out of this past year and a half, basically? Um, do you have kind of concrete plans outside of the mimes with music coming out that you can talk about?
1: Um, So right now direct hit is working on a full length, which is cool. I Mm -hmm. actually just got back from Milwaukee, like last week, um, doing like just demoing a lot of songs. Um, and then no set date on that yet. And then, uh, the homeless gospel choir, um, the band, I'm in from Pittsburgh are coming into town in a few days and we're actually recording a full length with John, which is really cool. Um, so all those songs are written. Once again, no release date yet, but, um, and direct hit, uh, and the mimes are actually playing a few shows together. So we're playing one, we're playing one in Cedar Rapids, Iowa on August 27th. And then August 28th is in Chicago. And so the mimes will be opening and then I'll be playing in direct hit. So those will be like my first shows back with any of my other bands. So that'll be fun. Um, and then the solo EP I'm recording, don't have a release date on that yet, but I'm pretty excited about it. It's like really different than anything I've done. There's like some kind of country songs. Like I have oh, a guy wow. coming, I have a guy coming in tomorrow who is a pedal steel and lap steel player. who's going to mm-hmm. put some stuff, you know, cause I've been getting like in the past few years, I've kind of been getting more into like country music. Like, I don't know, just like you know all the all the country gals but in the in the outcast country waylon and you know dolly and everybody uh got some uh what did i get my brain i'm kind of having a brain fart right now but i got a bunch of records when i was in milwaukee of -hmm. just like some cool country records and stuff um
0: yeah and i guess so because i know we've been talking for a while um like as we officially wrap up, uh, where can people find you online?
1: Um, so I have Instagram, and it's my Instagram is just Mora Weaver. And then I have, um, let's see. So you can kind of follow my, I po- usually post about all my projects there. Okay. Um, that's kind of the only like social media I guess I really have.
0: Yeah, yeah. But,
1: and I've kind of been trying to take a step back a little that's, bit recently.
0: I think that's probably positive. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: So I'm not on there that much, but I do post about band stuff when I have something happening. So,
0: yeah. yeah. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to talk with me. Uh, Yeah. It's been fun.
1: Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's been super fun.
0: Yeah, thank you.
1: Liz, hope you listen. Love you.
0: (laughs) Welcome back. Thanks again to Mara for coming on the pod. Check out Mara's band's direct hit, OG Kubo Station, Homeless Gospel Choir, and as you heard, new album by The Mimes, that's Plastic Pompeii that came out earlier this spring, and they also have upcoming vinyl on Let's Pretend Records, and that is forthcoming, no date yet. Okay, next week we're chatting with my good friend Sam Belansky of the band Pony and of Too Much TV Podcasts. We talked about That Dog's 1997 album, Retreat from the Sun, and the mythology of Hollywood and making it. Great deep chat, so tune in. Like I mentioned at the top, please check out our Patreon, that's patreon.com spinningoutpod. Follow us on social media, that's at spinningoutpod, on Instagram and Twitter. Please leave a review and recommend us to a friend. Thanks as always, Sarah Blumenthal for editing the pod and Pretty Matty for the theme music. With that said, see you next week.